You win. <laughs> oh. Dang it, there's so much good stuff in the blooper reel, too. I know. It's the best part. Welcome back to the Christ and Culture. This is Clint. And this is Steve. Steve, welcome to my home. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, I've been traveling a lot. It's been nice to... Came in last night to the area, stayed at a friend's. It's been kind of nice to see some friends. You were on a cruise for a while. I was. Um, so, fun little fact. My father is not a very romantic man. Okay. However... Unlike you, of course. Uh, of course, yeah. Um, just ask my non-existent girlfriend. Hey, uh, <laughs> do you hear that, ladies? He is single. Um, but I had my uh, my dad had this like whole thing planned for my parents' wedding anniversary. Um, he got a cruise and surprised her with this cruise. Now my mom is one of eight, and she has um, she's had kind of a rough uh, hand in life. Kind of a rough hand in life. Um, her mother passed away when she was ten. My grandfather, her father, passed away um, before I was born. But, like, I think he took the death of my grandmother very, like, poorly. So he was kind of an alcoholic and and was not, you know, from what I've heard, like, abusive in some ways. And mm-hmm. so um, she's very, very close with her family. So my dad invited a bunch of my family to come on this cruise. And so they all surprised her. And she, like, broke down in tears. And I was hiding behind the corner. And I was, like, the final surprise. And she, like, fell limp in my arms. Like, she, like, collapsed when she saw me. Um, And so she, like, started pinching me. And she's like, is this a dream? And and I was just like, yeah, pinch me. That'll wake you up. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like, of course. So, um, but it was really neat to see. And so we did this cruise. And then the thing was, is, like, they renewed their vows. And I didn't know this, but when my parents first met, my dad bought her this like blue sapphire ring, like in the first, like after their first six months of dating. My mom loved this ring, but my mom was like skinny, like she was very, she was like less than ninety pounds mm. um, when they met, and so like she got to a healthier weight, and then like the ring didn't fit anymore, so my dad had to cut it off, and my mom was like devastated apparently. So my dad had that and her original diamond refitted into like the new wedding band and like presented that to her at the renewal of Dude, who said your dad wasn't romantic? Like, I'm just saying like he's my all this like, that's what I'm saying like my whole life nothing and then all of a sudden set the bar low so that when he does yeah. it just like blows yeah. it out of the water. So hearing it I'm like Good maybe job, the, dad. Good yeah, job. I know. My dad uh he did it so whose name is also Steve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I yeah. think that that's probably where I get some of it. He's just like probably a hidden romantic whereas I'm just very overt aggressive yeah actually it's really funny. <laughs> i was i was mentioning to one of my friends um i was like yeah I am, i'm kind of probably secretly a romantic and they were like i don't know if it's really a secret and i was like oh that's fair and they were like and i was like yeah i guess i'm just like a romantic like that or something and they were like yeah you're plenty hopeless <laughs> um which was ouch it was a burn and i still hurt <laughs> there's always hope i know i'm just kidding but yeah so how have you been clint what uh what media have you been intaking um, actually, I just started listening to podcasts again. Oh, really? So I know I mentioned on here a couple times, like, because of our thing and, like, all the time it takes to, to 
put this together. I kind of stopped listening to podcasts for a while because I couldn't keep up, but started listening to uh, Bishop Barron again, which I love Bishop Barron. He's part of the, the influence for this show. And as soon as I started listening to him again, I was like, why did I ever stop? So I've been taking in a lot of him. What else? I Oh, so I, I finished Riverdale like mm. two weeks ago or last week or something like that. And now I'm about to finish Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. So I've just been crushing TV shows, dude. It's unhealthy. So unlike you, who you have been so busy that you haven't been able to watch a whole lot of stuff, I've been yeah. taking all my free time and not sleeping so I can watch TV shows, which is bad. So I need to get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> For all you ladies listening, Clint is also single, and he's looking uh, to get out of the house. Uh, Nice. Well played, Steve. Well played. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so I've been uh, reading Brave New World. Actually, actually really been enjoying it. I haven't had a real chance to sit down with it um, the past couple of weeks. Just because I've been traveling so extensively that mm-hmm. like I just haven't had the time to do anything but like sleep. Do you read on the plane or do you sleep on the plane? Um... I kind of sleep. I don't usually read on the plane. But I mean, a lot of times, like, sometimes I'm just driving. Yeah. And so yeah. The, the reading, or like the, I don't really fly all the time because I'm just traveling in Texas. But every now and again, like, if I'm going to, like, the valley, the Rio Grande Valley, like, I'm flying because I'm not going to drive six hours. No, that's fair. Um, but yeah, so I've been reading Brave New World. It's actually really interesting. And I am actually really enjoying it. It's my first time reading it. I've read like 1984, but this is like the first time I've read Brave New World. And in a lot of ways, I think Brave New World is a more accurate depiction of the sort of dystopia, dystopian future we could find ourselves in than maybe like in 1984. I've never read either. So. Yeah. Well, this could be a potential topic for another day when I'm finished with the book. Yeah. We'll see. So, um, Speaking of topics... Yes. What are we talking about? Today? Yes. Yes. So, um, Clint texts me this morning, and he says, "Steve, or he texted you texted me yesterday, right? Hey, it's our time to pod or Thursday. You're like, it's our time yeah. to record the pod or our yeah. turn to record the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, um, okay, let's do Saturday because I was planning on being down here anyway." And you're like, great, this is my topic. Do you have a topic? And I didn't answer your question. And then you texted me this morning, hey, do you have a topic? <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. like, um, scrolling, trying to think of one. And I was like, yeah, I, so do. I noticed this morning, so we were texting before that, and like you were responding right away. And then all of a sudden, no response. When I asked that question, I'm like, he's frantically looking for something right now. I know he is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What was happening? So scrolling through my Facebook... And I saw a picture that I had taken, or someone else had taken of me, at the uh, Houston Art Museum. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's my topic, my day at the Art Museum. So let me start with what happened that morning. No, what I actually want to talk about is just art in general, right? And mm-hmm. so just art as it applies. So uh, different art mediums, whether it be actual like painting or like music or theater or things like that. You know, what is it about art that I think just draws us Mm -hmm. in, right? And it's funny because you can go to these art museums 
and you can see these like contemporary art paintings that are like splashes of paint but like they have this like deeper meaning to them yeah right um and what is going on here and what is all of this it's really interesting because like 3d printing is becoming a really big art medium which is interesting yeah and so you go to the art museum and there are things that are like 3d printed mm-hmm. and you're like okay yeah this is not what i expected to see um and of course they had all the other things and my favorite art uh, medium is probably their art form in terms of like painted is probably impressionism i just really liked the impressionist era yeah but anyway my point being uh that i think art the reason that it it draws us in so much is in a lot of ways it is a reflection of the human soul right it Mm -hmm. is the human experience um put on in a way that can be easily taken by others right and i like to think of that too that you know in art you can show like all aspects of life and not just like the 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 beautiful in terms of the good but also just like the struggles that you would have you know the brokenness that we find ourselves within humanity and you can show that through art in a way that's still beautiful and still oriented toward the good mm-hmm. because i think that you know as christians we can really see that sometimes the worst of humanity and the most grotesque can be turned to beauty you see that in the cross right the passion yeah, in the cross yeah. was was not something that was beautiful in itself but because of like it's what god was doing for us in that you were talking a little bit about like our draw as like mm-hmm. spiritual beings i think that comes a lot back to our worship as well mm-hmm. so because humans are this physical and spiritual composite mm-hmm. like we we're both soul and body not one or the other we need both when we worship right. which is something that the catholic church preaches and and shows mm-hmm. in everything that we do right that's why we have the uh, the incense at mass that's why we have music at mass that's why we stand kneel sit over and over and over yeah. again like all of this there's a reason to everything that we do when we worship mm-hmm. and all of it is supposed to bring our physical bodies and our spiritual souls both oriented towards God. Yeah. And I think art is another way to do that. We're taking the physical combined with this, this spiritual truth. Yeah. And we're, we're using it to direct us back. Right. And I, and I was actually going to get in that, that I think in art, there's something about art where you can see something that's really cool, but like when something's truly artistic and it's done for that like artistic beauty, mm-hmm. there's something about it that is phys- it's clearly physical, right? It's made of matter. Right. Or like it's sound or something like that in a music, but it engages the soul. Like there's mm-hmm. something that hits you deeper. And so Hanser's von Balthasar, a nice. Yeah, a uh, theolo- a contemporary theologian talks about aesthetics in this way. Right, that ultimately that which is beautiful, that which, you know, you, you see the beautiful landscape or you see this beautiful art or you watch, you know, a musical theater or a movie or a TV show and there's just something there that speaks to you and draws you closer. Like that good, that beauty that is there is ultimately flowed from the source of all beauty, which is God. Right, and it's just like the awe you feel when you see a beautiful piece of art 
is off for God because this is just like flowing from him yeah. in some way. And going into like talking a little bit yep. with please, uh, please do. <laughs> um, but one thing that I love about talking is his idea of like our ability to subcreate. Mm-hmm. And I want to, and like I just think that when it comes to art, uh, whether you're an actor or a musician or an actual like artist, like you're creating something, and like that's our ability to participate in God's creation, like our ability to create in the same sort of way. Right. And first off, I'm proud of you for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one thing that Tolkien does kind of portray also in, in his other writings <clears throat> as well, that when we do subcreate, uh, it all stems from mm-hmm. this other source, mm-hmm. uh, which in his world is Eru Luvatar in our world is God. Mm-hmm. And it's all supposed to branch back to that source. Yeah. But yeah, so I just kind of want to break open that topic just Mm -hmm. a little bit more in terms, I think, so like one thing that art brings to the forefront is this idea of like beauty. Mm -hmm. And so there's art, I think it's best is true and beautiful and good. Um, and not necessarily in, because I personally, like when I watch like musicals and things like that, I am often drawn towards those tragedies, mm-hmm. like in theater, because I think there's something, tr- there's something true and beautiful in that, even though it's maybe like a, a sadness, but there's like a beauty in that as well. Well, Bishop Barron actually talks about this a lot too. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I love listening to him. But he, so he always talks about the what is good, what mm-hmm. is true, and what is beautiful. Yeah. And like all these things are supposed to orient us towards God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because God is all those things. He is beauty. He is truth. He is uh, goodness. So as far as art, something I think art is good insofar as it shows us some form of beauty. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be, like you said, it doesn't have to be a happy beauty. Mm-hmm. It can be something that is very sorrowful. Or it can also be good insofar as it reveals truth to someone. Right. So you were talking about your favorite is the impression. Impressionism, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I really like realism in art as mm-hmm. well. So contemporary art is not really my thing. But there are people, like you said, who find beauty and find something true that reveals like some form of truth to them Mm -hmm. through this modern art yeah and therefore it is good art for them right so anything which reveals beauty or truth to an individual is therefore good art yeah and i think that in general the different mediums of art or the different art styles truly show that as individuals we're not cookie cutter molds like as humans mm-hmm. right that we all have our different experiences and um, we're all members of one body but we're separate members of right. one body and so there's different things that i think speak to each of us differently i remember in college i used to have like a real i had a real debate with somebody because they did not like any form of like um, musical theater or movie or show or anything like that that had... Wow, they would that, hate our show. No, no, no. That didn't have, <laughs> like, happiness at the end. Oh. Right? Like, 
that wow. wasn't just like immediately hopeful at the end. Um, they didn't like the sort of shows and tragedies where um, it's almost like a bittersweet ending. Uh, mm-hmm. Your classical tragedies, for instance. And I would have a debate where I was like, I don't think that that... And they're like, but like, it doesn't feel like it's hopeful at the end. And I was like, but like, this is a real human experience, (laughs) you know? And like tragedy or uh, like not even just classical tragedy. Because I think classical tragedy has a little bit more hopefulness in general because classical tragedy, it happens because the hero like does something that like leads to their own downfall. Mm -hmm. Like they start walking down this path that leads to their own destruction. Right. Um, And there's something like profound about that. But um, it's usually a moral lesson. Yeah. Right. And so I'm like, that's completely a different story. Whereas modern tragedy stuff just happens to them. Yeah. And sorry, your life sucks kind of thing. Right. Right. But like, even in that, you know, for instance, the 500 days of summer, which is a movie out there that I think, accurately depicts a not so happy ending it's about this guy who falls in love with this girl who doesn't fall in love with him and the movie is basically him breaking plates <laughs> and he's literally smashing plates because he does not handle his emotions um that sounds kind of fun it is it, i hated the movie when i first watched it because i was in love with somebody and they told me to watch this movie and that was like part of them like telling me to get over them um, and so Ooh. I was like, screw this movie and like, screw everything. And then, Dang. and then I actually like came to appreciate it. But even that has like a good little bit of like hope at the end. Mm. But basically we're having this argument of can something be good if it doesn't just like have a happy ending? And I would say that, that yes. Right. Because I think that part of the human experience is sometimes the book of lamentations, right? Where you're, you know that something is wrong because you know that God has promised us goodness and you're not experiencing that. And like, there's a seeking and a real belief that God can change it. And like a seeking of understanding of what is happening. Like God's plan is ultimately larger than this issue. And I need to just understand what God is doing. Yeah, I mean, kind of feeding off of that, if you think about any form of art, whether it be like the traditional art that we're talking about mm-hmm. or art in movies or books, whatever, mm-hmm. all art is supposed to be a snippet of time. Yeah. And so you're only seeing what is happening within the realm of what the artist is trying to portray. Right. And that's it. You don't know what's happening before or after. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when we look into our lives, a lot of the times when I look into a snippet section of my life, that's sucky all i see is the sucky you know and and i don't see the hope that comes later yeah and so i think a lot of the times that's what we see in different forms of art as well so we only see the unhopefulness rather than looking forward and i think there's something because uh one of the probably as christians one of the most depicted arts like thing depicted in art that we see is the crucifix right which the crucifix in itself as a snippet of time is not hopeful yeah oh this is good yeah um like when you see christ on the cross that is not something that inspires hope but we understand as an easter people that that ultimately leads to something greater right that that death on the cross his dying for our sins allows for him to rise and then 
in essence, help us to rise into new life, Mm -hmm. right? Like, we are not just there to participate in Christ's crucifixion, right, and die to ourselves, but we are to participate in Christ's resurrection, right? And this allowing God to inspire and re- uh, recreate and inflame this new life within us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good talk. <laughs> Another thing, yep. um, I mean, this isn't super deep or anything, but mm-hmm. I was just thinking about this as, as you were talking. The church has to be the biggest promoter of art mm-hmm. in modern history. Yeah. I honestly can't think of anything or anyone else that is even remotely close i don't know if you've been to have, have you been to rome i haven't no okay. i mean if you go to the vatican museum you see like all of this stuff you see i, I mean i've studied early christian art mm-hmm. and stuff like that and you, you see it going throughout our entire history and then you get to the middle ages and everything is something related with christianity and, and the church and so I, I think it's just interesting to think Obviously, the church sees some kind of uh, importance in this. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they wouldn't invest so much in it. And I, I think actually the church is criticized a lot saying, well, if you have all this art worth tons of money and you have, why not just sell it and give the money to the poor like you s- say we should yeah. or whatever? And so I, my response to that is that what we were talking about before, how we as humans are both physical and spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so this art helps us to worship. Yeah. And also going off of our topic last week, in a lot of ways it helps us remember. Yeah. And I think that's just as important because when we look through all the art in these museums, like if they would have sold all that art that I went to see uh, a thousand years ago, when I go to see it, it's not there. And now I can't remember, I can't learn, I can't know about the experiences and the stories and the portrayals that the artist is trying to teach us. Right. And from a church that has existed for 2,000 years, like remembering things that are before our time mm-hmm. is important. Especially a church that relies so heavily on tradition mm-hmm. and like things being passed down. Yeah. And that's the thing too that with art that is different and i think is interesting with the church because the church protects art and not just religious art but just like in general mm-hmm. like we are not going out there trying to destroy you know ancient israelite or not ancient israelite ancient egyptian sort of like we wouldn't like find a statue of pharaoh and like not want to protect it for what it is for humanity and the reason that i bring that up is because i think there's something in the christian experience that recognizes that our hearts are so oriented toward God that even in these different cultures and these different things that maybe aren't Christian religious art, there is still a truth trying to be portrayed in them. And Mm -hmm. there is still a beauty in them that ultimately leads back to our Heavenly Father. It's actually funny that you say that because do you know what's exactly in the center of Vatican? (laughs) So in the center of Vatican Square is an obelisk. Mm. The reason being is so Vatican Hill, where current vatican is now Mm -hmm. used to be like one of the seven hills of rome yeah and at the base was nero's circus which is like a place where they had uh, competitions and stuff it was Mm -hmm. massive that's where everyone went for for fun and so when they conquered egypt they brought an obelisk back and put it near nero's circus 
as like a show of power, right? And then later, when Peter died and we built Vatican over top of his tomb, right in the center is this obelisk. And so if anyone studies Egyptian deities, you can probably correct me on this if I'm wrong, but I believe the obelisk is supposed to orient towards their, their gods, right? Yeah, I think so. And so not only does it remain or do we not destroy it, but we find the truth mm-hmm. and the beauty in it and we show how it, it it's now part of our worship. It's now part of our tradition. Right. And it orients us as the center of, I guess it's the center of the square, not Vatican itself, because the center of Vatican itself is Peter's tomb. Right. But the center of the, the square where everyone gathers is this thing that orients all of us back mm-hmm. to God. Right. And so one of the things that I think is so interesting is that God became man to endure all of human experience, mm-hmm. right? Like he was like us in all things but sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some like really cool theology out there about like the elevation of like human dignity through the incarnation act. Mm-hmm. And I think a part of that is like the elevation of what is so great about art, right? Because that's one of the things too, is it like part of being human isn't just all of the the good times, right? But there's also the struggles, right? I think of like Picasso's like blue era where he's like struggling with depression and everything yeah. is in blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that's a part of the human experience. And there's like beauty in that. And there's like something real in that. And that through art, there's an ability to touch the human heart, like somebody who's struggling and they can look at this painting from, you know, a hundred years ago and like it touches their soul in a way that like they no longer feel alone mm. you know and i think like that's the real power and beauty of art that it has this ability to transcend uh time and cultures and just present itself as it is and speak to the human heart in a way that unites us and connects us god does that too Yes. <laughs> yes. And I, th- and so that's why, yeah. Right. And I think that that's why like art in a certain way is not like divine in the same way that like the Eucharist is divine. Right. But like that art has like something about it that I think God uses mm-hmm. to help speak to us. Yeah. No, I agree. And as you're saying that you're talking about Jesus, like experiencing things that we experienced, I started to think about, I wonder what kind of art mm-hmm. Jesus saw while he was here. Yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of music. It's thought provoking. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, a lot of it would have been storytelling. Yeah, oral tradition, yeah. stories. Yeah, and I just think that that's something beautiful about stories that they just are able to draw and speak to us. Because, you know, you can read a book or a story, that's what we talk about here and on this podcast, and it's talking about one thing, but there's so much more meaning mm-hmm. to it. There's something deeper there. It's like the first time you read Lord of the Rings versus mm-hmm. the twentieth time you read Lord of the Rings. Right, right. Um, <laughs> or yeah. scripture too. Yeah, I mean, right. every time you read scripture, it gets deeper. Right, and I think that that's that's beautiful too, because I think in a way, um, scripture, in a certain sense, scripture is almost an art form. Right, oh, I mean, absolutely. it is a collection of stories 
um, and these stories are revealing something divine. And the I think Psalms? Like, the, yeah, and I think it's poetry. Yeah, scripture, when you look at it, yeah, you have like one big love poem that mm-hmm. is the Song of Songs, right? And you just look at this, and it are it's these stories that are written to reflect an experience with God mm-hmm. and then have their own revelatory power, though, right? God uses the scriptures in a way that he like reveals himself to people. These people write it down, or they usually pass it on orally. Mm-hmm. Then they write it down. It gets accepted into this canon, and then it like is used and like has the ability to even further show depths of God to people. Because that's what I think is so amazing is that you know you have the ancient Israelites and they're writing all these things down in their scriptures, and then it gets fulfilled in Christ, right? And you mm-hmm. like can look at the parallels. And you're like, wow, like God was playing a really long game and like it was documented mm-hmm. because he was revealing himself slowly throughout history to people. Yeah. And so kind of shifting from that whole idea um, of just like why art is so beautiful and like how we are participating in God through art to a little bit of, I always say that God is the greatest uh, love novelist of all time right the greatest storyteller of all time chris donato talks about that a lot too yeah and there's just this beauty that god writes and Mm -hmm. what i love is that like god's medium of art is like our human lives right and so our human lives are his canvas or are the books that he's writing right and that our experiences and what we're daddy <laughs> that's the neighbor um, but that god is using our lives to write his story and to like show himself and that like we have a freedom in that mm-hmm. like it's not just this well this is you're this character and you're gonna do this it's this is what's happening and this is what you're presented with and like through our lives we are helping to write god's story in the world Mm. that we are in all of our differences and even in some of our brokenness we are painting helping god paint this tapestry that i think is just probably adored and admired in the kingdom of heaven Mm. right like we are the mural on the wall of like the house of god yeah, I mean, this brings us back to, like, the creation story, right? Mm-hmm. God created all this stuff, and then he created humanity. Well, he created all this stuff, and he said it was good. He created humanity, and he said it was very good. Mm-hmm. Which is just this one word difference, mm-hmm. but in in a sense, we are the, the greatest creation. Yeah. You know? We are the greatest beauty because mm-hmm. of the way that we reflect him. We are made in his image and likeness. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the thing with Tolkien was hitting on the nose with subcreation is like part of that being in the image and likeness of God is the ability to subcreate, is yeah. the ability to participate in God's creative act, right? As creation, we can also create, mm-hmm. which is unique to humanity. And why art has such a beautiful platform, because it's that way in which we can be like God. I'm so proud of you for knowing Tolkien theology. This is <laughs> this is actually spot on. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I've, I've read a book or two. That's great. No, that's good. <laughs> actually, one thing that I, I forgot to mention earlier when I was talking about Bishop Barron, 
is he always talks about, like I said, the, the good, the truth, and the beautiful. Mm-hmm. But what he always emphasizes is that we don't want to lead with truth. We don't even yeah. want to lead with what is good, what is moral. He, he always says we need to lead with what is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So when, we, when we're trying to bring someone to Christ, mm-hmm. we always start with the beauty. Because the beautiful, the, the art, draws us in in a way that is it's basic. Yeah. You know, it, it, it drives right to our, our inner selves. Right. And you don't need to agree with the truth. You don't mm-hmm. need to understand what is good. But art just is. And it speaks to us in, in a way that we mm-hmm. don't need to fully right. understand. And so when we encounter this, this beauty, we're drawn towards it. And once we're drawn towards it, then the truth and the goodness flow from that. Right. And I think that like that's the beautiful too. That true beauty, as we understand it, can really come from something that is good and something that is true. Mm-hmm. I think hedonism is really the when you try to separate beauty from what is true or what is good. Mm. Right? It's this seeking after um, the pleasure or the beauty mm-hmm. divorced from what might be good or what might be true. Right. Yeah. It's funny because I have a, one of my really, really good friends. Actually, when I got my start in youth ministry, it was at a parish with this young lady named Lauren Gates, uh, who's one of my best friends. Actually, I guess Lauren Hogue now because um, she's married to another good friend of mine, Joe. But congrats. Lauren, uh, they've been married for a little bit. <laughs> but oh, yeah, still congrats. Yeah. Uh, but Lauren, what drew her into the faith initially was the music. Like it was through like praise and worship and through music that she encountered God in a way that she wouldn't have otherwise. And she's like, if I wouldn't have had that experience when I was in high school youth group where like that music drew me in, I probably wouldn't be a youth minister. I probably wouldn't be very practicing. It was Mm -hmm. the music that like spoke to her heart in a way that uh, like the, all the deep depth of theology didn't like she was being taught all of this from a really good feel like, theologically solid uh, youth minister and like everything was being taught and she understood it intellectually but until it spoke to her heart through the beauty of music because she's a musician mm-hmm. it wasn't real to her and through it was through art that she encountered god in a real way not just in an intellectual way but like a real way encountered christ through just music Um, And that led her down to a path where she was a youth minister for years. And then she taught me how to be a youth minister. Uh, And I interned with her for the summers and like learned things. And like, it's just this perpetual thing. Right. And so I just art, man. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, that's really good stuff. I'm glad that we got to dive into a little bit of uh, deeper theology this week. Yeah, it was super fun. This is also just one of those topics that I love um, as like a, amateur thespian and an amateur musician gordon's the artist and gordon's the i kind of feel bad because i i'm probably the least artistic out of all you are the martial artist (laughs) (laughs) uh not the type of art we're talking about but it is is something there it's an art it's an art it Um, it reveals beauty and truth mm mm-hmm those are my words. Well, and I think it's actually something interesting to talk about too, because um, I think Plato talks about this too, is art that is divorced mm-hmm. from the good, right? That teaches bad morals. And I think it's interesting because I actually just had a mini debate about this just yesterday 
actually with a friend. How do you get into all these fun debates? I want to join. <laughs> you just have to have a friend who's willing to call you on your crap. And so I was talking to one of my friends about this, and I'd mentioned Lady Gaga because they were going to watch this new movie. Okay. And I was like, you know, I'm just not the biggest Lady Gaga fan. And Do you know she was raised Catholic? Yeah. She still attends Mass, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, like, I mentioned this, and I was like, I'm just not a big fan. I think some of her mm. songs that I've listened to, like, they just perpetuate a culture that I think is not good, mm-hmm. right? And my friend called me out on that because they were like, I actually think that she's probably one of the greatest artists of our age. Like, actually, like, with her talent, like, she's not, she's not, like, a ghost writer or a ghost singer. Like, she's, if you, like, watch some of her old videos of, like, before she became famous, like, she's very, very good at her craft. And so in that way, she's a very good artist. And which like my friend like called me on and she's like what i think you're you're missing out on because she says i don't think her music is as bad as some people say like she does have some songs but you have to realize that who she wanted to be and like who she is when it comes to like the music industry and like the struggles that you have to like be an artist in the music industry that's like a soul-sucking industry in a lot of ways but if you listen to especially i think it's her new album which i haven't but i had heard like a lot of it's like very, very good. And she's like, and what I think you're not recognizing is that like she is a human being with the same dignity that is struggling with her own brokenness. And so when you like are able to view her art through that sense of like a broken human looking for the good, mm. it like elevates that. And it shows something that I think Plato might have been missing, or I guess Socrates, but was missing out on when you write about like well, art, like, we should have stories that teach the moral good. And yes, I think that's very true. But I think that those ones that maybe reflect something that is just broken with humanity doesn't mean it's less good. I just think that it reflects the brokenness of humanity and, like, allows us to look at it in a way that says, like, how do we fix this or, like, elevates us. Right? Yeah. In a way, she kind of called you out on the, uh, I'm assuming your friend is a she, mm-hmm. called you out on the genetic fallacy there mm-hmm. that goodness and truth can't come from a, a certain source. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So yeah. even if the, the source is completely evil or mm-hmm. completely a liar or immoral, whatever, insert whatever here, truth, beauty, and goodness can still come from that mm-hmm. because we're still oriented towards God. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I basically got called out on and realized, hmm, maybe I should check it out. And then it's really interesting because she went and told me, she didn't really tell me a whole lot about the movie, but she mentioned it. And she like mentioned the movie to me and she was like, literally cried during the movie. Hmm. And I was like, oh, like, tell me about it. And she's like, I'm not getting into it. You can look it up if you want. There's actually, I've heard some of the songs on the radio and some of them are actually pretty good. Yeah. Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Sounds really good. And that's the thing is like that the the i forget what her name her actual name is but the 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 woman behind lady gaga right this like portrayal is very talented like i've actually watched old videos like i've seen an old video of her like playing piano like in like a bar her she's super talented acoustic voice is like phenomenal yeah Yeah. take away all the like editing and, and all that stuff and so I think in a lot of ways, like she is doing this and like um, what my friend also said is that like she uses her platform probably more than a lot of other artists to talk about really, really hard topics, you know, like, you know, like 
as like a sexual assault victim, you know, and like the experience of that in our culture, you know, in a lot of ways, because our culture um, doesn't really take that as seriously as I think it sometimes should, Mm. you know, and like, how do you live with that experience? And like, she's actually bringing these true and like dark, but like good things to the light. Um, And so I actually had more of a respect, uh, which if there are some friends of mine from college that listen to this and they knew how much I disliked Lady Gaga back then to like for me now to admit that maybe I was slightly wrong in my assessment. Big jump. Yeah. It's a like what, six year journey? (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. But anyway, so I think that for our challenge this week, I'm going to give you two. Ooh. Okay. One, because I realized that when Mackenzie and I recorded a few weeks ago, we never gave a challenge. Uh, That's right. So my challenge is to go back, listen to that podcast if you haven't, and then insert this challenge. Or if you did listen to that podcast, this is the challenge for that podcast. Okay. To find somebody who helps you grow that is a solid friend that is able to help, like, call you out and, like, grow as a person and, like, just um, elevate you to newer heights, right? Kind of like how Ginny did with Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, not just in a romantic sense like that, but just like that complementary nature to just like build holy friendships with a member of the opposite sex, mm. right? Um, that helps you to grow as a person. And then two, for this week, uh, I want you. I would challenge you guys to engage in something artistic. Like, I'm not saying you have to be the world's greatest artist, but in some way this week, I want you to try to express yourself, whether it be through, like, journaling, like, through writing, whether it be through music, whether it be through actual, um, draw, like, paint or what, however it is, I want you to engage in something artistic. Mm-hmm. If you want to act out something for your friends, write a screenplay, just do something that helps the experience that you're going through and I want you guys to try to engage in art and to create and see what sort of beauty lies there or if you are an artist I would invite you to maybe look back on some of your old artwork your old creations and like look at it in a new light and see like the revelatory power that it might have had that you might have done something and then you can look back and see something new in it and if you're willing to share with us too, yeah. we would love to like if you have artwork, send it to us. If mm-hmm. you have music, I don't know, record yourself and, and share it with us. Yeah. We love hearing that. Find us on the streets stuff. to start serenading us. That would be a little awkward, but also pretty cool. Yeah. It's been Please known. introduce yourself first. So. Yes. <laughs> I listened to your podcast. Um so funny story, one day I was sitting there because I am very much a uh, a theater nerd in a lot of ways same and so one day i was just like sitting around and i was just hanging out with a friend and i just like started singing like about what i was doing and my friend was like you're literally singing about friendship and like you're just like, breaking out in a song like it's a musical and I realized, i've been doing that to cody it's like this is who i am yeah uh yeah and it's like something that i did and i was like i didn't even realize that i'd do this but yeah, so don't worry about being weird. It's fine. We're weird. Yeah. So we're super weird. Shout out. Oh yeah. Do you have any shout outs? <sighs> this week, I really don't. Last week you guys shouted out 
my friend. La- oh, last week we shouted out um, Annie Rodriguez. Two weeks ago we shouted out um, uh, Shayna. Yeah. Um, okay, so she's a friend of mine. And yeah, so anyway, it's been it's been great. Guys, thank you so much for listening or just engaging us in this podcast. Please uh, let us know um, what you think about this episode. Share us with your friends. Let us know if there's anything you guys want to hear from us. And uh, thank you guys for joining us for another week on the adventure. 